I, you know, grew up studying to be a doctor and was, uh, got kind of, I did a little bit of road racing, but it, it was not in my family. None of my family members had been to a race, never watched racing on TV. Right. It wasn't until I got into rally racing that I actually got into, uh, motorsport. Hey everyone, welcome to the Track Limits Podcast. I'm your host, Swish, with my co-host, Fevin. We're here in Sonoma, California at Velocity Invitational. We're with somebody who, I don't even know how to describe this individual. They've done so much. Television host, professional racing driver, stunt driver, with multiple records, as well as world championships to his name. Please welcome Tanner Faust. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm a Gemini, I'll tell yeah. you that. I mean, since we're just getting to know each other, like... So am I. Whoa. Yeah, I know. This is, this is pretty crazy because having two Geminis in a room could be a little suffocating. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm an Aries. What does that mean? I, I don't know. know. No? We'll we only pay out. attention to Geminis. That's yeah. how... Geminis is yeah. a very Gemini thing to only focus on yourself Gemini. As Gemini. i'm so glad that it's not just my fault it's because i'm a gemini it's something bigger i can blame True. it on exactly yeah, when's your birthday 13th june june okay so you're in the, i'm in the, i'm in may may, may. 28 so does that put you on the cusp of something I not really both, no i think we're both kind of on the close to the cusps yeah, but on okay. different ends yes but so you're probably the more i don't know quieter more like even keel gemini than so my even <laughs> so even keeled <laughs> Oh, and, anyway. and so wait, is that the cancer <laughs> side? What's the other side then? Uh, is it Taurus? Oh, you're the bull in the china shop a wait, little bit side? I might. No, I'm lying. I'll no. have to look it up. <laughs> I forget now. But yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Less quiet, less, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever you said about me. Okay, exactly. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it would be a complimentary job. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Guys, honestly, I have nothing to contribute here. Yeah. But <laughs> I would love to move on. <laughs> fine. I guess we could talk about racing. Yeah, Thank fine. You. fine. Thank you. But honestly, first and foremost, Tanner, have you been a part of the Invitational before? How are you finding it? This is my second year. Okay. Um, I know it took a break in COVID, and then I was not a part of it before that. And so hmm. uh, McLaren brought me in. It's a celebration of their 60th anniversary racing and it's just been an often i mean it's difficult to describe for me uh what a, a cool experience this is because you you look at a lot of the other mclaren drivers that are out here they drive indy cars they grew up driving go-karts they probably spent a bunch of time out here they may have been instructors out here or taking schools out here i you know grew up studying to be a doctor and was uh got kind of i did a little bit of road racing but it it was not in my family, none of my family members had been to a race, never watched racing on TV. Right. It wasn't until I got into rally racing that I actually got into uh, motorsport. And so it's always been kind of sliding car control stuff, very little downforce experience. So to come here and get into a Formula One car, um, and by the time we got into like the mid 90s or something, I'd yeah, you know, I played Grand Prix. You guys don't remember this yeah. game, but you know, it was like this. Uh, <laughs> You know, so it, I, that was my experience with Formula One. To get in here, it's I'm such a uh, fish out of water mm-hmm. that I'm like a 10-year-old. Right. You know, for these guys, are like, yeah, you know, it's not as much downforce as my IndyCar, you know, or something yeah. like that. Is maybe like, it doesn't oh. – yeah. but, they, I mean, they can actually com- compare something. For me, it's such an out-of-body experience. The sound, the being in a cockpit so tight, how quick the steering is, the laser edge precision that these cars are, not to mention the history mm-hmm. and all of the relevance that they are to the motorsport world as a whole. Yep. Um, it's an indescribably uh, great honor to be here. 
then rallycross drifting. I mean, you've done a lot within motorsport. And I'm curious, what were some of the defining moments of your career? And even to add on to that, was that even in the cards for you throughout your life? I mean, you mentioned you wanted to be a doctor. You've heard from a bunch of drivers out saying you need to focus your entire life to driving. How did that even all come together? Uh, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be an aeronautic engineer mm -hmm. at first. Um, <clears throat> skied a lot. Was not a great student. Wasn't adult enough to be a student. Mm -hmm. Then uh, fell into kind of biology and stuff like that. But uh, the defining moment in my career is when I first got paid to drive. Mm. That was something that seemed very unachievable. You know, uh, my family, instead of taking the MCATs, they were pretty curious what I was going to be doing, you know, with this car stuff. And they're like, okay, just give you five years, you know, he'll come back around. And it just sort of kept going. So for me, motorsport has always been a business and um, an obsession and also a learning experience. I learned just 20 minutes ago on the track and I learn every single time I'm on the track. And so for me, it's, I, I crave the learning. Um, so to your point, yes, you do have to be hundred percent committed once you're in. I think there's a certain type of person that some call it passion, some call it obsession, but you have to be obsessed with the learning process in order to dive and sacrifice other parts of your life to dive in and to get good. That's, like, that's just it. I guess talking about like the learning aspect, how do you adapt your driving style between rally, uh, rally cross and drifting? And like, what are the unique challenges between the two? Well, the biggest challenge here, I know this track, it's, yeah. there's never a straightaway. When you're in a fast car uh, on this track, there really is no straightaway. And the downforce creates so much lateral force. Mm. The indie guys, obviously Lando, people, they grew up with this type of neck strength. For off-road, we deal with a lot of landings and big jumps that are like spinal compression type yeah, stuff, but never yeah. lateral force stuff. So after about seven laps, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I need, I'm like holding my head up is going to be a struggle after mm. this. And some of these S turns, the configuration of the track we're running, you come into turn 10, which is a six gear right-hand turn. I don't even know the number of G's, but it's more than my neck can take. Right. Wow. And it's hard to describe that to somebody who's never felt that. Yeah. But a lot of what the training that these guys are doing that drive downforce cars is neck strength. It's just not something that we're humanly normally able to, to do. So um, that's one of the big things. Uh, the, the car that I drove was an MP46 mm. 1991 championship car for Ayrton Senna. And it's one of the last manual Formula One cars to run. So it has a regular H pattern, yeah. six speed and a clutch. Mm. Crazy. I think besides Tony Kanan, I'm not sure any of the other drivers can drive a clutch yeah. uh, manual car. Uh, that's a sort of a joke. But um, there's uh, it, it's it's busy because you're going so fast and then braking happens so fast in your foot and you're you've got a right foot brake, yeah. which I haven't used a, my right foot for braking in a really long time. I'm mm. sure none of these guys have either. Mm. Um, so there's a whole dance going on up there and you, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, these guys did this for these long races and they're battling it out. And um yeah, it, it, it's very cool. I forgot your question. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, yeah. keep talking about how badass this car is, though. Job, so I'm also now curious about how the prep is for you, given the fact that you uh, are yeah. doing this on a routine or on a weekly, monthly basis in these type of cars. Like, So how did you kind of get into that? I watched a video last night that was... <laughs> Uh, no way. Yeah. How-to? Well, yeah. I was how-to is like um, driving F1 cars for dummies. I read Stop. the book. No, no. It, it, I watched them on board. Hmm. Um, but it was the wrong configuration of the track. So it didn't help at all. Hmm. 
it's, um, yeah, I think you just, you kind of find your own limit. And I've been lucky enough to drive a bunch of different stuff, whether it's for movies or racing or demos or whatever. And you always are finding your own limit and establishing this like safety buffer. Mm. And it's, you want to be quick and you want to push and make a good show, but you also don't want to give anybody a heart attack back in the pit. Um, so you, you find that limit and you, and you, and you push it and you learn. That's where the best learning comes from is when you're pushing your own limits and then you love it. And that's, uh, so that applies to any surface or any car. So it's for the same kind of men mental prep, I think. And then you strike me as someone who loves challenge. I saw that you also raced in uh, the race of champions, which is a winter race. How was that experience? And you know, was that one of the most challenging experiences of your life driving in that type of environment? <laughs> um, I, I started actually my driving career teaching ice driving in Colorado. Mm. Um, that as soon as I realized how expensive road racing was, I went and got a job as an instructor at an ice school. Mm. Um, but there's uh, that was the fourth time I had done Race of Champions. When I had done it before, I was doing drifting back in like 2007, 2008. Michael Schumacher was there, um, raced against him, beat him in these buggies, beat Vettel, oh. Jensen Button. You know, I was this uh, drifter kid that that when it came to the buggies, I was good in those because they were very slidey. When we got to the like sports car stuff, obviously these guys clean house. But so I always loved that. Uh, race of champions is basically two people from several different countries all come together they drive five different vehicles against each other and it, and usually the rally guys do uh, pretty well, pretty well yeah, yeah, yeah. Be because they're used to the diversity mm -hmm. um the formula guys may be really quick in one of the cars but maybe not as quick in some of the other ones um but when you go up to the ice the swedes the Finns, they're difficult to beat yeah. <laughs> uh and we got smoked i was partnered with Travis Pastrana yeah. and that was all on big spikes. So it was more how to drive the spikes mm. than anything, but it's a, but you know, what you don't realize is what's off camera yeah. is the fun part. You're in a locker room. Yes. They all have brochures for, you know, G650 jets and stuff. And I don't have those brochures sitting in my bag, but ask. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they are, it, it's, it's great camaraderie because yeah. at the end of the day, everybody's just a, you know, does the same thing for a living, essentially learns, deals with the human condition, um, fights within the rules that, you know, their racing series is within. It was Vettel's last year. I did race the champions with Vettel mm -hmm. on his first year of Formula One also. So that was kind of a cool loop, but um, to close. But yeah, it, it is a great event. Always happy to do that. Um, now, beyond the track, what are some of your other passions or hobbies or maybe even how do you just unwind um, I, I, well, I used to host the show Top Gear that took a ton of time. It was a hundred. What 100... show is that, by the way? No, I've, kidding. Never, it was, uh, 100... I've actually never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a U.S. version, and you know, in the oh, U.K. it was on. It, yeah. <laughs> it actually did well in the U.K., strangely yes. enough, but it was on Dave, you know, the, yeah. which I yeah. think is the best network name ever. <laughs> um, but uh, when that show ended, I suddenly had this time, and I wanted to get a pilot's license. So that's, that's one thing I did is got a pilot's license, a small plane, which is more like a tractor with wings. Yeah. Um, but I do love flying and I fly to a lot of events like this and, and to other events, but mm. there's, um, I like that layer of freedom. It's a, it's a really an extra layer of freedom to, to get out of the traffic. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and also snow skiing. So my fiance and I just moved back to steamboat where I started my driving career 
and uh, after living in Newport yeah. Beach yeah. for yeah. last many, many years. So uh, we got kind of a little ranch area with some, you know, goats and chickens and, and stuff like that. So I, it's a reluctant hobby, but keeping yeah. animals alive. Yeah, I, I would say has to be probably one of my biggest time yeah. consumers now. <laughs> two two follow ups to that actually. One maybe on a more lighter note. Have you ever skied in Canada before? Uh, uh Banff. Banff. Banff yeah, Banff. Oh. You, we're, well, we're going in December. December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, my yeah. mom lives in Calgary, so we oh. used to go up to Banff all the time, and I oh, love cool. Banff. Sunshine Village, great, great hill. It is a cool spot. Yeah. I, I actually went there to drive on the Olympic O ring which is like an Olympic training center. So, you know, you've got all the teams doing the, the trains uh, where they're awkwardly kind of, you know, in a train hunched over, right? Every two hours, we would take cars out there and do a like a tire test. Yeah. And all these Olympic athletes would just watch us doing <laughs> sliding around their ice in a car, yeah. you know, it's the weirdest thing. Messing up our ice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, skiing in Canada is different. I've, that's the only time I've never been to Whistler. Mm. Um, I did take a break from college at one point, moved to Vail, always been a skier. My dad was an Olympic hopeful back in the sixties. Um, so we were a skiing family, but, uh, it's going to be nice to be back in a ski town where, I mean, it's just now starting to snow. So yep. we're excited. And then on the racing side, does being a pilot help on the racing front or like vice versa? Is there a kind of a comparison between the two in terms of skills i think i mean not to get too into it too much but i think that uh being a race a lot of people think you're an adrenaline junkie right so like oh my gosh in a player in a plane that's you know terrible combination i think it's really you are uh skilled at avoiding adrenaline so for me i came from a biological background and physiological stuff i love to learn and so when i was learning about driving um i really got into the physiological part of the human condition and when you feel adrenaline natural instincts come to the surface and we do not have good natural instincts for driving even if you think you do it's we're good at running <laughs> and that's what we're like hardwired to do when it comes to driving it's a skill that you have to learn and that applied technique only works when you're not influenced by natural instinct mm. so i think if you are capable at suppressing adrenaline that helps you in racing um and certainly it gives you confidence flying that if you had a problem you would be able to not panic yeah. and sort it out in the air while you had time i've actually thought about being a pilot or not a little nice. just taking courses i've always i know the reason why i'm saying this i'm looking this, at your brother you're terrified you're terrified, <laughs> I'm of, terrified of flying but you can ask michael my husband because i am terrified of flights it was for me it was the same mentality of like if i understand them yes the, mecha the mechanics behind it like the like and have proper control yes then i feel that it would put me at ease and therefore suppress adrenaline or cortisol whatever you want to call it. for sure because the you know it's what's on the other side of that mysterious yeah. wall like yeah. it's the same when you go to a driving school i think the best driving schools like that ice driving school is great because yeah. you're sideways all the time so yeah. you're no longer worried about what's on the other side of the wall if the car skids mm. you know so you yeah. don't have this nervousness that gets that triggers yeah. that um fight or flight response whenever you know, you feel it when, when the mystery is gone by understanding, yeah. then you can uh, work through it instead of just be a reaction. You know, you can anticipate it instead of react, yeah. I guess is the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I'd Final two questions. You're part of the <laughs> McLaren XD team. So for people who don't know, electric off-road racing, yeah. very cool. You know, are you excited about continuing to do that? Do your skills, do you feel transfer very well to that type of racing? 
let us know about that. That type of racing is, it's challenging because it's like rallycross where it's very short form, very fast cars, except the terrain is crazy. Hmm. So um, the cars can't handle a lot of contact. Uh, they're beasts. What I, I, the racing is very fun and very challenging. What I do like about that sport is I think, like I'm a big fan of motorsport. I'm a big fan of everything that we benefit from the hundred years that we've yeah. been racing cars, seatbelts, disc brakes, all the thing we take for granted mm. came from racing. And I think we're in this weird place right now where racing is fading, potentially fading away on some levels as, as more EV cars are introduced because a lot of those cars are not um, pushing technological boundaries. Um, boundaries. Yeah. Um, and racing may not be seen as a responsible thing to do for all the big sponsors that have fueled it for the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. So uh, a racing series like Extreme E answers that question. All the teams bring their own cutlery. All the teams, which is, those are things that save a huge amount of plastic on our event, but now it's starting to pressure other series to do the same thing. We do scientific studies every area that we go to. Um, and, you know, we're not saving the world doing it, but we're putting light on issues yep. that uh, make the series future-proof. And so big sponsors can come in and can stay in this exciting marketing format that they've loved for the last 100 years and do it uh, in a way that is still responsible. So that's I think series like Extreme have to exist and have to infect other motorsports in their ways in order for racing to continue. Last question on a lighter note. Ooh, you, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, not that that wasn't that light. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I guess, I mean, you've been a stunt driver for uh, on movies. Uh, were there any movies that we might have seen? or And what was that experience like? Yeah, pick it. I mean, uh, I've been lucky to drive a lot of yeah. car movies. My oh. first movie was Dukes of Hazard. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, uh, 2005. Yeah. That's when I got my SAG card and uh, Screen Actors Guild yeah. card. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jessica Simpson was on that movie, and she thought that I was Topher Grace at the rap party and gave, <laughs> gave me a big hug. I was like, oh, my gosh, she likes stunt guys. This is awesome. Until um, I was close enough, she recognized the difference and yeah. then deflated my ego. But the um, – yeah, Fast and Furious movies. The Tokyo Drift was probably the most fun for me because it was Tokyo Drift. It was oh I was Drift King, which was uh, the gray car, yeah. and um, that was that was the one that was kind of the most drifting and the most yeah. driving. But uh, just finished recently a movie that's not out, which is the the Old Guard Two with Shirley Theron, mm. and did John Wick more recently, oh, nice. John Wick yeah. Four. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been there's a lot of movies over the years. They're really fun. You get to crash on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Lately, like with John Wick, I, I spent most of my time training Keanu how to do the moves himself um, because that, thankfully, in the movies, it's really, a, there's a big push to do things practically yeah. and not just with CGI. Of course. And the actors love it because they get to learn a skill. People like Keanu love to master skills, gun stuff, car stuff, horse stuff. Like yeah. he likes to do it himself. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun sidebar. It's not my core job, but it, it really is a super fun Industry. Side hustle. <laughs> a side hustle. There you go. Yeah. Want to get into the rapid fire round? Let's um, do it. Oh no, these I'm the worst at I these. I can't wait. I love this. You have three seconds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Should be too hard. No, no. Should be too fine. hard. First question: If you had to choose one track to race on forever, which one would it be? Actually, Sonoma has been my favorite track for a long, long time. Yep. 
um, just because it's so challenging and not boring. Right. Okay. If you had to choose another sport to be an athlete in, what would you be drawn to? Oh, gosh. I say snow skiing. What's the funniest moment you've had in a race weekend? Funniest moment? Or embarrassing. Or embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole Jessica Simpson thing yeah. was fairly <laughs> embarrassing. I don't know if that counts or not. Um, uh, I can't think of... You know what? It's all a blur, but uh, let's see. An embarrassing moment in uh, a race weekend. I mean, I've had so many crashes, so many rolls. I think just in, in two years ago in the Extreme E series, we were super hopeful in our first race. We made it to the final. We were challenging for the win and came through this cloud of dust, and I rear-ended no, another no. car at 100 that had slowed down for the dust, and I didn't. I'm sort of used to driving full <laughs> throttle through dust. And I rolled that thing for miles. Oh, it no. was like a hundred, maybe an 85 mile an hour roll, but it, it sent, it rolled like five or six times. Damn. And I was in the car with Zach after that. And he's like, well, that probably was nothing for you, right? Being a stunt guy and everything. And that was, that was my most <laughs> aggressive, hardest roll I've ever had in my life. Wow. Yeah. And it was right in front of the boss. That sucks. Oh, that's. <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts on that. No, sorry, that was more than three seconds. No, no, okay. no, great. Uh, what piece of racing memorabilia would you like to own? I would like to have the MP4 14 sitting outside. Let's manifest that for you. Yeah, let's do that. Or like okay. a dining table, maybe on the top. Yeah, yeah. upside down. Yeah. It upside could down. be on the wall. Honestly, right. it doesn't matter which way. Yeah. I would, I would take it. Love that. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Light. Okay. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I, tell me that's the only answer you get. We get that normally or invincibility. Uh, that's uh, that's get, like uh, somebody who really. Yeah. Because that one, you don't have to actively fly. fly. You just go. I See, I would love the flying thing. I, flying did you ever have flying dreams as a kid? Yeah. I but did. Do you, have you ever had that like sudden fall? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what happens. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like Let's talk dreams. about this pilot thing. Yeah. Maybe. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to overcome. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, coming back on track. Yeah. Um, what is the most over-asked question that you get? What's your favorite car? Yeah. Sure. And what is it? Oh, there we go. <laughs> there it is. I was just kidding. If you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? You know, sadly, a lot of people don't like this, but I have broccoli. Sorry? I love. I love broccoli. Broccoli. For a lot of reasons. One, it feels that like you're a done. <laughs> you got it's like eating little trees, first of all. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. It is. Do you steamed like charred? Yeah, steamed. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Charred, I'll do charred sometimes, I think. Yeah. But that's a great is is it yeah. a super fun? I mean, someday they will say that it's the worst thing in the world for you. Right now it's good for yeah, you. Yeah, right now it's good for you. I think but I, I don't I'm think off. it's been cancelled yet. No, it's not cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Very much alive. Yeah. Um if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? And what would you do? Oh, this is a horrible question. <laughs> we'll, we'll blame Michael. He's not here. Yeah. He wrote these questions. Really? And he didn't even show? I know, I know. <laughs> Anybody for a day. Um, yeesh. I, well, one of my driving heroes, Sebastian Loeb, mm. probably. He lives in this French villa, flies his helicopter in and out. Just does one-off events whenever he wants. Doesn't do pay any attention, it seems like, and then beats up on the world champion, even though he hasn't touched the car in like six years. He's just a legend. I, that would be pretty amazing. 
All right. And last question. What is your favorite guilty pleasure TV show? Um, my fiance hates this, but really anything with Tom Cruise in it. Ah. I, I've, I like to switch my brain off and Tom Cruise provides that entertainment. Yep. I mean, and there's some, don't always switch the brain off. I'm not saying they're dumb movies, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Top Maverick was my favorite movie of last year. Yeah, yeah. I can watch that. Any of the Reacher film, I can I can watch that stuff for like days. Three, four, I don't know. Yeah. four times to. I feel like. Did you really? Yeah. No, we've watched it too many times. I was obsessed. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? You put an IMAX camera on an F-18 Raptor. I mean, right? Such a win an Oscar. Uh, and and it's, he does things that you just can't get done. Like I yeah. I know somebody in China Lake. I went there on a tour, and they said when they filmed there, he had the run of the place. He flew his P fifty one from Santa Monica. He's the only civilian to ever land on the base, huh. and just landed that puppy and just said, "Hey guys, hey for lunch, you want to go for a flight in your F eighteen? <laughs> Let's go!" And we just go up in the F eighteen for lunch. I love that. And just rip. I mean. Okay, I changed my answer. I want to be Tom Cruise. Yes, there you go. Yeah, Sounds like you want to live yeah. his life. Yeah. Thank you for... This is like a therapy session. Thank no you for worries. that. Yeah. We'll bill you after. That. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. When it's all said and done, we ask each one of our guests at the very end, how do you want to be remembered, Tanner? Mm. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, mm, I would say maybe somebody who uh, you hope... I think this is probably a common answer. You hope that you inspire especially a younger generation. I have a young daughter and you know, a lot of her friends would rather get a phone instead of a driver's license and hope that I inspire with not coming from a motorsport background and following a dream. And, and that dream could be anything. Um, just pushing hard enough to actually make it happen. There's a lot of avenues people can do it, but the mountain, when you stand back from it looks impossibly high. And uh, a lot of times it's just one step forward. Um, but you hope that you inspire somebody to chase their dream and, and to physically get themselves out and do things. That's a great thing about a driving license or a pilot's license or whatever is you physically take yourself somewhere. You see it with your own eyes and, and live in, in the moment in, in this world, take advantage of this world, you know, mm -hmm. in the short time you're here. So that's hope to be inspirational for, for action. And awesome. uh, that's all you can hope for. I think. Brilliant. Yeah. That's very well put. Yeah, I think so. That Amazing. was beautiful. Cool. Thank you. Thank Where you can guys people very much. follow oh, yeah. you along your journey on social media? Is uh, there yep. Instagram, yep. Facebook, perfect. Um, Twitter and TikTok. TikTok. Oh, Stop. TikTok. You're doing the dance? No. No. Okay. Yep. Never mind. <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> all the stunts I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's other content. Far better there. content. Yes. I agree. I'll teach I agree. You, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> There's. We're starting a YouTube channel yeah. that's okay. more about our little farm that we're doing now. Cool. Um, oh, also, so it's a little bit not motorsport. Yeah. It's more about keeping said animals alive. Yeah. Um, but that, so that's going to be a fun new chapter. So you can follow along on that also. Brilliant. We'll link everything below. Thank you again, Tanner, for coming on. We Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. It. Guys, if you like this episode, like, share, subscribe, follow Tanner, and stay along for the next episode.